Welcome to What's Cooking Palm Beach with Chef David Pantone, Dean of the Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm Beach, also known as the Food Dude. Chef Pantone has been serving up amazing meals and desserts at some of the finest hotels and restaurants in New York City, Miami, and Palm Beach for most of his life. Now let's head into the kitchen with What's Cooking Palm Beach, sponsored by Lincoln Culinary Institute, a division of Lincoln College of Technology. Welcome to What's Cooking Palm Beach here on News Radio 1290 WJNO. I'm Joel Malkin here with the Food Dude. Chef David Pantone. I'm the Dean at Lincoln Culinary Institute. Welcome to the kitchen. Yeah, we are so happy to have you here on WJNO again. I know you used to be here. Uh, you did a show years ago, right? I had lots of fun. We did two shows. One was called Cooking with the Pros, and the other one's Let's Talk Food. And guess what? It's time again. Let's talk some food. And, you know, we'd come in on the weekend, and there would be food here. And I always like, where's that coming from? It's it <laughs> Must be Chef Pantone. <laughs> yeah, we from used Lincoln to have a Culinary. bunch of chefs come in. It was pretty good, and we've got some food today too. You smell that chocolate? Yes, I do. I see the chocolate mm. too, and it's it's killing me. But we're going to get to that. Um, What's cooking, Palm Beach? I want to let you know is the premier radio show about all things food here in South Florida. Uh, as as you would say, Chef Pantone, everything from soup to nuts. Uh, we're talking about food, cooking, eating, healthy eating, food in the news, food events, food trivia, superfoods, uh, food lessons, food tips, food techniques, food education, and fun with food. Even going to take some phone calls before the show is over today. So we've got an hour filled with just some great, uh, uh, just some great information. And I and I hope nobody's really that hungry while they're listening because uh, <laughs> you're going to be hungry by the time we're finished. I'll tell you that. Um, so tell us a little more about yourself. Okay, so myself, uh, my motto is that uh, in my world, food is everything. I just live for food. It's art, it's science, it's culture, it's entertainment, and it's my passion. I believe that what you eat and what you drink has a direct effect on how you feel, how you act, how you sleep, and how you think. Yeah, it's all about food, and you are what you eat. The sooner you realize that, the better. You can cure yourself. You can feel happy most of the time, or you can deal with depressions. You can deal with how you feel by what you eat. Now. Mm. And throw in some little, a little bit of exercise in there, life is good. And, yeah, food, I mean, everything is determined by what you're eating. Uh, not just health, but how your, your overall being and everything, you notice. Uh, all kinds of studies are always coming out. You know, even if you're not getting overweight from fast food and the greasy stuff, you might feel sluggish. Exactly. And, and, and uh, depression and whatnot. We hear these all the time. Yeah, we've known this. Everybody out there Everybody the sounds, land, they, people you sound know like they're surprised by it. We love to hear statistics. And new, new uh, from the New England Journal of Medicine right. says. A, a ladle of grease makes me. <laughs> depressed yeah. your mother told you that your grandmother your yeah. great-grandmother the bible says it everything says it but we like the statistics and then we choose to to listen to them or not that's just we're american that's how we do it that's right now you have uh, uh just to you know for those of you who are listening uh, the, the, you know this is our first show that we're doing this uh, what's cooking palm beach uh, so it's a unique way that uh, the chef has uh, actually <laughs> come into this. He's got a menu, so to speak, for the show. It's really, it's really a cool thing, and I think you're going to love it. So tell us about today's menu. Oh, we have a lot of great items on today's menu. The first course is going to be about superfoods. We're going to tell you what they are and why you should care about it. And then we'll talk about, uh, we'll spin the big wheel of superfoods and see which one comes up today. And we'll have some recipes, too. Then we're going to go to local food events, right? For me, it's all about food. I'm sure there's a ballet or an opera happening somewhere. Yeah, that's not where I'm going. I'm going to a food event. We'll talk about some cool food events that you can go to, too. Main course of the day. I told you it's going to be educational, right? So today's lesson is on chocolate. 
right? How cool is that? Chocolate. We'll have a couple of recipes for that. And, Joel, get your fingers off of that chocolate. No, sorry. Get a couple varieties of chocolate that we'll be tasting here and comparing and contrasting. Joel, there might be a test at the end, right? Because I'm a dean of the college. There that's, could be a that's test. right. It might be a taste test, so that's not too bad. And uh, we're going to talk about food in the news because you like to hear about what's going on in the world of food in the news. All right. So our first course, uh, as you said, is something called superfoods. And I've, I've, I've heard that uh, word before. And, uh, you know, kind of tuned out. So <laughs> to be completely honest with you, um, what are superfoods and why should we care? Very good. First, before anybody gets angry with me, there's no such thing as a term superfood. It's only a marketing that people have labeled onto it. Okay, so doctors out there, lawyers out there, I get it. It's marketing. But guess what? If I can call it superfoods and get somebody excited to try one, that's good. If you Google superfoods, you'll find all these lists. Very good. So these superfoods, the key thing that we're looking at in superfoods is that they are nutrient-dense. So calorie for calorie, ounce for ounce, you're getting the biggest bang for your buck nutrition-wise out of that food. Okay, that's what makes them super. And uh, what we're looking for in those are how much vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients, essential fatty acids, fiber uh, per calorie. So something could be really good for you, but per calorie... It's not uh, – you have to eat too much of it. You have to eat 25 pounds of this to be good for you. That's too <laughs> we much. We see those commercials with the, uh, with the cereals. and You have to eat this much brand to – yeah. Yes. It's like 80 bowls. Yeah, none of that's really good for you, to tell you the truth. It might taste good. You might like the commercial. There's that cool guy dancing and everything with right. a little bumblebee. Not really good for you. Better than a poked, getting poked in the eye with a stick, right? But it's still not so good for you. We hear uh, we hear about nutrient density so much, and what what exactly is that? How does yeah. that work? So that's yeah, that's how dense each calorie is in goodness. Okay, in in vitamins, in the minerals, in the fiber, in the phytochemicals, in the uh, flavonoids, in the phytonutrients. How dense is it per calorie? And, and that's the deal. Do you have to eat 40 bowls of that cereal, or do you only need one bowl of oatmeal? Oh, that's it. The oatmeal will be so much more nutrient-dense. It's dense. It's full of goodness. Unless you're eating the real sugary oatmeal, right? Uh, you put the sugar in it, or you're eating, oh, you're no. you're buying the, the, the brand with all the, you know, with the Don't get me flavors. angry now, Drew. You're talking processed food? Yeah, I'm talking about no. the one on the, on the shelf with the old guy's Wrong. picture. <laughs> Love the old guy. Everybody loves the old guy. He's also on the box that has one ingredient. Oats, rolled <laughs> okay. oats. Buy that one. If you need to add sugar, add your own sugar because I think if you made it yourself, you wouldn't be adding 12 teaspoons of sugar to it or 7 teaspoons of sugar. When we do it ourselves, we always under-sugar it. If you In that soda that you're drinking right now, I don't it's think— zero. It's zero. It's zero. And zero stands for zero goodness. There's nothing good in there for you. <laughs> so it's not a nutrient-density uh, uh, diet cola. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of drifting here, but— that's like the number one enemy. Okay. Yeah, and I've we'll been, talk I've about soda. That. I'm sure we'll talk about sodas because <laughs> with that fake stuff there, you're getting addicted to the sugar flavor even though you're not getting it. And that makes your body crave it more and more and more. So the addiction that's is That's all right. We have, some, we have some chocolate yeah. here, and it's got real sugar in it. <laughs> but so that's you a brought lesson. The cure. <laughs> that's a lesson, and it's real sugar. <laughs> you know, before we go on, I just want to remind everybody just, just tuning in here on WJNO, this is uh, What's Cooking Palm Beach uh, with the food dude, Chef David Pantone, the dean at Lincoln Culinary Institute. Um, why don't you give some contact info for you? You know, we, we, you guys do such a great job here right in West Palm Beach. You're off of 45th and, and 95. LincolnCulinary.com lincolnculinary.com or you just go to my website 
all things food, and, and that web is going to be for you. It's going to be what's cooking at chefpantone.com. When you spell what's cooking, no apostrophe, right? Let's make it nice and simple. What's cooking at chefpantone.com. I'll have links to the school there. I'll have links to the community courses that we have because we have classes on the weekends also. Uh, Lots of great stuff on the website. All right, so yeah, chefpantone.com or what's cooking at chefpantone.com if you want to, uh, if you want to email him. Um, we have a big wheel right here. What, tell me about what this is. This is the, uh, this is the big wheel of superfoods. Is this that what we're doing? This is the big wheel of superfoods. I want to make it a little exciting because life is a gamble and I don't really gamble. I gamble on food, right? You taste some food. If it's good or bad, that's my gamble. So we're going to, we're going to spin the uh, big wheel of superfoods and see which one uh, we will feature today. You ready to spin it? Let's spin it. I guess I should spin it, right? Oh, good, sure. All right, let me do it. All right, what do we got? Hey, one of my favorites, kale. Kale is amazing. First, let me talk to you about how kale fits on the superfoods. So when they came up with the superfoods, they had to make a list of like uh, categories and points, right, where one food might be a low point average, one might be a medium, one might be a high. So they set the high level at 1,000. So guess what number kale is? Kale is number 1,000. Kale is one of the top superfoods in the world for its nutrient density, right? Vitamins, mineral, phytochemicals, all these things that are, that are good for you. Kale scores a 1,000. So one of the top two or three items that you can ever eat that's worth 1,000 points. So we're starting with a bang with the gold standard, Joel, right at the mm. top. With kale, I hear about kale a lot, and uh, you know I'm a guy that uh, um, I, I don't know if you can tell by looking at me or by what I'm drinking today. Uh, and by the way, I'm ogling the uh, the chocolates, <laughs> but, but uh, uh, not a big vegetable guy. I eat what I can, but I mostly like the starchy vegetables. And I hear about kale, and I I'll be honest with you, and I go, yeah, that just sounds gross because it can be when probably when you make it. So you stay away from it. Let me teach you how to make it good for. <laughs> Are you a guy who likes chips? Uh, yeah, Who I know, I've heard of kale chips, but kale uh, again, tri- it just doesn't gonna, sound that great. We're going to wean you into... I like ruffles. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could use curly kale to okay. make ruffled chips. Okay, okay? we're going to wean you into this goodness because too much goodness, you're going to be feeling too excited and too good and have too much energy, and we're going to have to wean you into it a little bit. Okay, so kale is the perfect way to start our show. Big, beautiful leaves of kale. They come in all different colors from dark green, a little yellow tinged, a deep purple. Here's what I want you to know about kale and all the other leafy greens. This is very spiritual because it's spiritual to me. When God makes these things, they get all their energy from the sun. These big, giant green leaves are like solar panels, right? They suck up all of this energy from the sun through photosynthesis, and it produces all of this uh, energy within it. When we cut this kale, shh, it doesn't know it's dead. It's not actually dead. It's dying slowly. <laughs> okay. But it still has all of this amazing energy inside of it for us to eat and for it to uh, release into our bodies. So the three basic kind of kales that we eat most of the time, we have curly kale, and it's just that curly. Uh, curly, it's ruffly. It's very textured. We're going to make our ruffles curly chips out of that. Ornamental kale was really just a hybrid about in the 1980s, and you've seen this when you go to Sunday brunch for buffet. 
You go to a buffet and you have all these salads and all this beautiful greenery just use around it. For it. Aesthetics, yeah, typically. get out okay, of here! Right. It's like the most amazing food in the world, and usually it gets thrown away. I didn't realize that was kale. I, Me okay. neither. Not till a couple but years you can ago. Eat that and that, that's it, the best part. We're we're eating all so the next time you're at a buffet, take that stuff and eat it. Yeah, make sure they wash it first because if they if they're using it as a as a ornamental, they probably okay don't get it. Okay. They don't understand that's the most amazing food in the world that they're using it as an ornamental. And then dinosaur kale. Dinosaur kale is really cool. It's a deep purple color, deep, rich purple color. And uh, it's also known as Tuscan kale from Italy. A lot of these things, right, we're Americans, so poo-poo, we don't eat that. We'd rather have Russell's and onion soup dip. In the old country, they've eaten these for thousands of years. This is what they ate because that's what they had. And they lived a long time and it was good for them. So... We've got the uh, three different kinds, curly kale, ornamental kale, and the dinosaur kale. So what makes the kale so high on the list? Okay, ready? A couple of things. And maybe, Joel, you bounce these off of your health profile. I don't want to get too personal with you, too. It has special cholesterol-lowering benefits. That's good. That's good for you? Guess what? That's good for me, too. I get it. Uh, Kale's risk-lowering benefits for cancer. These are pretty new Pretty new for cancer. There's specifically five different types of cancer that kale has been identified as being beneficial to. Bladder cancer, breast cancer, colon cancer, ovary, and cancer of the prostate. That's so pretty good so and I'm far. I'm in my 40s, so I could definitely there's and, – and I have cancer in the family, so right, I, I me should be too. eating kale. We hit a certain age and say, hey, what's all this stuff? How come yeah. I never knew about this? Yep, yep. Uh, it's recognized as uh, supporting a good body detoxification system, right? Part of what your body does every day through the lymph node system is get rid of all the poisons that come into us that we breathe in, that we drink in, that we eat all day long, and the waste from the regular sales producing every day. So it has to get rid of that. Kale is great for detoxing your body, cleaning out your blood, cleaning out your fluids, and... Um, in the world that we live in today, even if you aren't uh, drinking too much or doing drugs, you still need to detox your body and keep your body clean every day. High fiber and anti-inflammatory omega-3 G fatty acids. Um, those are big words. Those are big. Yeah. At what point in your life do you think about fiber? Yeah, not most of the time when you're young and wild, and then you hit a certain age and say, hmm, fiber, it's very right. important to you. <laughs> and every day, omega, omega-3 fatty acids, we always think about salmon. We think about a couple other foods, but kale, ounce for ounce, calorie for calorie, has 5% of what you need for omega-3 fatty acids. And that's a buzzword. Everybody's taking fish oils. Do you take any fish oil in the morning? Uh, no, I no. I did it one time. <laughs> you did it one time. Well, that's uh, that's the big on the market is creel oils and fish oils. They clean out your blood. They're great for cholesterol. How about antioxidants? Kale is very beneficial for antioxidants. Again, that's cleaning out your blood. It's got anti-inflammatories. If you're not on the anti-inflammatory kick yet, you're in their 40s. When you get a little bit older, you say, oh, anti-inflammatory. Start aching very, everywhere. Well, you start aching. And I was just talking to my wife this weekend. My feet are very aching. I stand on them a lot throughout the day, seven days a week. And she said, yeah, because you're getting old. I was like, oh, and you need more anti-inflammatories. <laughs> That's nice. You go, well, 30 years of marriage, she's allowed to say stuff there like that. Go. And she's right. And I guess, guess I knew that, too. So at um, the anti-inflammatories, Google that in case you're not up on that. 
That's what's uh, really, really important, and you're going to be learning a lot more about that. Your cardiovascular system, right? You need the blood to go through your body with ease, right? And that has to do with the cholesterol. It has to do with keeping your veins and arteries nice and clean and clear. Can you fight me on that one? No, no. They're all good (laughs) ideas. I just have to get past the idea of eating something called kale. Let's change the name. Officially, now it's going to be called... Ice cream. Hmm, taken, but um, we'll, gonna, <laughs> we'll figure that send out. Send us a new name for Kale, and we'll talk, and we'll even say your name on the radio on the next show, and send your new name for Kale. It should be exciting. It should be fresh, young, sexy, and send that to uh, what's cooking at chefpantone.com, and I'll send you a prize. How about that? All right. You can send them some Kale. Oh, <laughs> maybe something better. Oh, invite him to my house for some <laughs> kale, a smorgasbord of kale. Uh, now you have a whole list, and we're not going to. I don't think you're going to go through all of this stuff, but all the different vitamins, the nutrient, uh, daily recommended intake, daily value, and all this stuff is uh, kale has uh, this percent of all these. Is Crazy, that what you have here? Isn't it? You got uh, 1,180 1, percent of vitamin K. Vitamin uh, K is really hard to get. You look on the labels; there's no vitamin K in kale. This is one cup of kale. Almost a, almost a whole day's worth of vitamin A in a in a cup of kale, uh, potassium, 8% of your uh, daily intake. Uh, you've got some phosphorus, some magnesium, so there's some good stuff. You have this information at uh, chefpantone.com? Yes, it's all up there on the website. All cool. right, make sure you check that out. Now, how much kale should you eat, uh, you know, for, for health reasons? Yeah, well, it's recommended that you have two to three servings, a one-cup serving of kale or any of the other cruciferous vegetables. Ooh, big word, cruciferous when you cut their stems, it looks like a cross that leaves a mark, and that's like the crucifix. Big buzzword, cruciferous vegetables. Kale is one of the best of those. Cauliflower, all of your cabbages, and uh, two to three servings a week, and that's from a cup to a cup and a half. That's all you need. Can uh, you overdo it? Yeah, you know what? I'm a little obsessive-compulsive. This is a secret, so don't tell anybody. But when I get hooked on something... <laughs> you know you're on the radio. Oh, man. Okay, now you know. <laughs> but when I go into something and I, I go head over heels into it, like I did with Kale one time a couple years back, and i got to tell you this, not to be egotistical, but I'm a pretty good cook, so I can make Kale and anything taste really good. So I was eating like Kale for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for like a week. Not only was I feeling amazing... But there was a little too much fiber for Chef Pantone. Okay. <laughs> and so no normal person would do that, but that's that's how I get into things, and I learn about them, and I, I, I put my whole life into it and all my brains into it for, for a short period of time. So just be careful, not too much. Nothing bad for you, but Chef Pantone just overdid it. And there there's ways that you can cook kale. Obviously, somebody could figure out a way to fry it up, and I'm sure that's being done in the south somewhere, Georgia <laughs> or Alabama. Um, but what, what are the healthiest ways of doing that? Sure, and when you say it's being fried up, it's being cooked around the world in a million different ways. It's just not cool enough for us right now. So that's why we're going to come up with a new name. But what they say the best thing to do with kale, the simplest thing to do, you cut this, wash it first. You wash everything, right? And that helps to refresh, and it gets away a little bit of dirt and maybe bugs because it's coming fresh from the garden. It might have a little spider on there hiding it, so, so clean that up. You're going to cut the, um, the leaves in about half-inch pieces and the stems in about quarter-inch pieces. So when you cook them, they both cook at the same time. You get that? Stems are a little more fibrous, so they need to be smaller. The leaves can be a little bit bigger. You want to steam it, okay? They found the very best way to cook the kale is just to steam it for a couple of minutes. You can do this over hot boiling water in your steamer. You could even do this in the microwave, maybe two minutes max, maybe even a little bit less than that. You don't want to overcook it. When we talk about in the south, they're cooking it and cooking it. 
part of what they're doing is cooking out some of the goodness. So the shorter period that you cook it, the better it's going to be for you. All right, we have a phone call coming in, Chef, at uh, 561-844-6167. Hey there, who's this? This is Amanda. You have a question about kale, I'm assuming? Yes, I do. Okay. What do you got, Amanda? Um, um, sometimes when I cook kale, it seems like it's so strong or bitter. I'm wondering, what am I doing wrong? Is there something I can be doing to it to, to make it... Uh, taste better? Absolutely. Absolutely. Here's the first thing, Amanda. When you pick your kale or when you when you buy your kale, make sure it's small. The smaller the leaf, the younger it is, the more tender it is, the more fresh it is, the more sugar, natural sugar it's going to have in it. Now, sometimes for the farmer, the farmer wants the big, big, big kales because he makes money that way. Get a local farmer, get local kale, nice and small. It'll naturally be a little sweeter. Part, step two is don't overcook it. When you overcook it, the bitterness will come out and it will become part of the on the outside of the leaves instead of staying on the inside. You'll taste it more on the outside. Cut it into small pieces, um, half inch for the leaves, quarter inch for the stems, and cook it quickly. And steaming is best, boiling is okay, sautéing is okay, but quickly is the key. That should make your kale taste amazing, Amanda. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Great, great, great. That was a great question. You've got to know how to use the food the best way. And sometimes kale can be bitter. If you don't know how to cook cook it properly, that could be a deal breaker. Joel, when you have kale for your first time, if it's nasty and bitter, thinking it's the last time, right? Let me tell you some other amazing ways to prepare kale. First, you can do it a million different ways. Go to www. You can start on what's cooking at ChefPantone.com or ChefPantone.com. Let me give you a couple, see if these sound tasty to you. How about braised kale with apples and sprinkle a little bit of uh, balsamic vinegar and chopped walnuts on it. That's a lot of healthy stuff. You want a big pork chop in there, don't you? Serve this on the side of a big juicy pork chop or a steak. But that takes away from the health benefits of it, right? Well, yes and no. But if that's what we need to get you to eat it, then it's a positive. Okay. Then we'll slowly make that steak from a 32-ounce to a 24-ounce to a 16-ounce, and then you'll find maybe just a little bit of... Steak there with more kale will work for you. can combine chopped kale with pine nuts, feta cheese, whole grain pasta. Heat that up, drizzle a little uh, extra virgin olive oil, maybe a little drop of pesto in there. Sound delish? You can make a breakfast frittata. Uh, so that's a scrambled Sounds like eggs. fried frittata. Sure. It's an Italian word for like an open-faced omelet. Okay. Uh, it's scrambled eggs, and you can put some, uh, some of the blanched, the previously cooked uh, greens in there, the uh, kale in there. How about poached eggs over sautéed greens? I would sauté the kale this way. I would not boil it. I would put it right into a skillet with some extra virgin olive oil, a little bit of garlic, a little fresh uh, cracked black pepper and salt on it. Cook it real fast. When you have the poached eggs on top of that and you cut the egg open and yolk goes inside of those greens, you're smiling over there. It'll taste really good. Okay. You'll get your fat content from the yolk, and it's a beneficial fat there, too. I'm looking at the next one because I do enjoy minestrone soup. Oh, minestrone soup. Do you put, uh, what do you put, undi- uh, You put. Um, I'll make it. Oh, okay. Well, then here's how I you go out. <laughs> I go out and order it. <laughs> There's got to be something green in there, right? This is hundreds of years old from the little village in Italy, and somebody's great-great-great-great-grandmother made this together. It's uh, not some fancy restaurant. These come from real people. And there's always some kind of green in there. And the green is either dandelion greens that come from that person's yard or it's escarole. That's what my mother always used to use was escarole. And that's a, you'll find that at the produce section at the uh, local grocery store also. Or you put kale in there. So 
Your escarole doesn't have too many vitamins. It's not a superfood by far. If you put a little kale in there, you still get the greens, and you're used to seeing some greens in there, and it uh, tastes really good, and it's good for you. Um, kale soup in Portugal, their, their uh, national soup is a kale soup, and uh, we make some kale soups at the school. Turkey and vegetable chili, verde, and the verde means green, so you have some chopped kale in there. That's good. There's a green chili? A green chili and okay. or chili with greens in it. Okay. And um, sesame, uh, sesame breast chicken on top of a cabbage. You make a stir fry of cabbage and kale together. Very nice. In India, they use kale. and You have India, Indian-style kale uh, with lamb and sweet potatoes. Pretty fantastic. One of the, one of the uh, friends of the show is called Garden Fresh Kitchen. You can go to their website at gardenfreshkitchen.com. They make this amazing dish, salmon cakes. And the salmon cakes are served with side of potato and kale hash. Just crazy amazing with a sometimes a tarragon or a dill sauce that goes on and mix them both together. It's just pretty amazing. Hey, if you're just tuning in, it's uh, What's Cooking Palm Beach here on News Radio 1290 WJNO. Get on your way to a new healthcare career with Lincoln College of Technology. Earn your associate's degree in nursing at their West Palm Beach campus. Learn the skills healthcare employers are looking for and prepare for a new career where you'll have a direct impact on patient care. Their industry contacts can help you launch a new career after graduation. Visit LincolnEDU.com today for student consumer information and to schedule a campus tour. LincolnEDU.com, student-centered training for careers that build America. Welcome back to What's Cooking Palm Beach on WJNO. I'm Joel Malkin, and I am here with the food dude, Chef David Pantone, uh, the dean at Lincoln Culinary Institute. And uh, we're getting ready to uh, have our second course uh, in just a second. But first, we wanted to uh, give uh, have you, uh, Chef, to uh, give us a recipe for kale chips. And I might go home and, and try this. Be brave, young man. Be brave. If you're going <laughs> to try kale for the first time, let's go with chips. These chips are crispy. Like you want them to be. They can be as salty as you want them to be. Eventually, maybe a little less salt. Uh, if you use olive oil, they get a great olive oily flavor. And they taste kind of meaty. They're very substantial. I have one person I know who eats tons of these all the time. I think she's addicted to them. She's a bodybuilder. She's very nutrient uh, conscious. Uh, she eats more than I've ever seen anybody eat before. So here, this is really, really simple. Here's what you do. You take your kale, you wash it, pat it dry on some paper towels, right? Then I want you to spray it with a little bit of the uh, a nice organic extra virgin olive oil spray. You could use the cheap stuff if you want, but if you use the good stuff, it tastes really good. Little bit of spray just to moisten, moisten it on both sides. Sprinkle a little bit of salt on it, maybe a little kosher salt. That's all you need. You want to do a little fresh cracked black pepper go ahead knock yourself out hey even a little bit of garlic that's not even in my recipe but i'm thinking i feel like a little garlic right Mm. now put them in the microwave kind of a single layer right don't pile them up too much two minutes in the microwave done when they come out let them cool for a few moments they're gonna be hot that's it you can do that Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, even Done. I have two minutes to spare. <laughs> two minutes in them. There's. You could do them in the oven. You can roast them at 375 degrees for a couple minutes. I found the microwave to be the best way. It's fast. I get to eat them quickly, and um, and they're perfect. It really just it really just dehydrates them. That's really what we're doing. They're not cooking so much. The oil makes it taste like it's cooked a little, but it's really just dried out. And you got crunchy chips. Amazing. Uh, I've served these to people who have never had kale before and turned their nose and, hey, that's not right. Give me some ruffles and some onion dip or something. Once they start eating these, you love it. Uh, If you want a little dip with it, you can do that too. You can sprinkle a little balsamic vinegar on top of it. 
whatever. I guarantee you're going to love these. You're going to bring some in next week, right? If you want them, I'll bring them in. All right. Uh, we're going on to the uh, second course of our show, What's Cooking Palm Beach? Uh, local food events. I know you're big on these events. So uh, throughout uh, the show, when you're listening each week, you will be telling us where to head uh, during this uh, weekend and the, and the upcoming weekend as well. So uh, we've got something coming up in a few days here. What we have coming up in the few days is the number one premier food festival in Palm Beach County for the year. And it's one of the premiers in the country now. It's come up really fast over the last eight years. And this one is called the Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival. It's back here in the Palm Beaches. And it features chefs from all around the country. Some of these people you know from watching the Cooking Channel and the TV Food Network and Discovery some you might not know because they just run their own show in Boston. Uh, one chef has five restaurants. One has a, a six in New York City. And so they're not all celebrity chefs, but they're amongst the best in the country. And you know what makes me most proud? We've got at least two chefs right from here, our own hometown, being featured here uh, because they are amazing cooks. Let me tell you a couple of the names. You have Daniel Balud. Daniel Balud is one of the most premier chefs in the, in the country. New York City is his big restaurant. He's got a couple other places on Palm Beach. He's got Cafe Balud, amazing, amazing restaurant. Robert Irvine, you know him? Big, strong son of a gun. He's got uh, Restaurant Impossible and a couple other shows. He's uh, just an amazing chef. Mark Murphy, I think he's got five restaurants in New York City. Pretty amazing. Elizabeth Faulkner, she you might know her from The Next Iron Chef, maybe on Chopped. She is hardcore. She's one of the top women chefs in the country. Some of the local people that we have, we have uh, Clay Conley from Bukan, amazing, amazing, and uh, Daryl Moyos from the Four Seasons Hotel, and Lindsay Autry, you might know her from Top Chef. Two people that we're really focusing on right now, Aaron Black. Aaron Black's the executive chef at PB Ketch, that's Palm Beach Ketch on Palm Beach Island. Crazy, amazing, inventive seafood. I had dinner there about uh, six weeks ago, and I said, Aaron, just send me anything you want. And he just kept sending out these crazy, fantastic, unique dishes like I had never had before. One thing I really love to do is to inspire people, and I've learned over the years that the way that you inspire people is to allow yourself to be inspired first, and Aaron really inspires me. Super cool. Aaron is a graduate of my school. So he's a graduate of Lincoln Culinary Institute. Oh, great. One of the top chefs in, in the uh, South Florida and being featured at the Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival. The next guy, equally awesomely cool, is Tim Lipman. Tim owns the um, Culinary Cafe. And it's not like C-U-L-I-N because he's too cool for that. It's C-O-O-L-I-N. That, that is cool. Because he's cool and he's yeah. young and I love that. Tim's That's right got, off of Donald Ross Road, right? Right off of Donald Ross Road. Very good. And Tim's one of these young guys. A lot of these young guys, look, Chef Panto and I'm old and stuff. I'm not really like a tattoo guy. But these <laughs> young cook guys, they have tattoos of knives on their arms and pigs and bacon and things like that. And I just think that's amazing. <laughs> they are so passionate about their art and their craft, just like I am, that they want their artwork on their arms and such to look like that. Tim, uh, at the uh, Culinary Cafe, you got to try it on Donald Ross Road. Just amazing. He is into charcuterie. And that's that's butchering and making sausages and making his own bacon. And uh, he does it like no one else. He changes the menu every day, only fresh farm to table. 
Back to uh, Aaron Black, he does something that's super cool too. He calls it secretary. So he is a little play on words instead of charcuterie, which has to do mostly with pork and beef and such. He does it with seafood. So he makes all these seafood sausages and smoked salmons and pastrami's, smoked uh, salmon pastrami's and all of these other kind of seafoods. And uh, he does his special touch on it. He has some uh, influences from Asia in some of his food, some from the Caribbean, some he's just making it up as he goes along. Both these guys, I'm super proud of them. So they're both being highlighted in this Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival. And um, there's events going on the whole weekend that you can get involved in. First one is called Sustain. Sustain comes from our sustainable agriculture. Here's the big deal going on right now. Chefs and farmers are getting together so that we can get the freshest food that was just picked yesterday or today, this morning, or fish that just came from the ocean or the lake just today, as fresh as possible. So we're trying to get rid of the middleman a little bit. Sorry about that. But we want to serve you the best food. So sustain the sustainable agriculture. We have a a lot of this movement going on in Palm Beach County. Chef Talks, these are panel discussions with some of these amazing chefs. You get to ask questions. So if you ever wondered why this works or that why that doesn't, you'll have face-to-face time with these amazing chefs. Uh, get served. I don't know. This one is a, a chef volleyball battle. Wow. Volleyball battle on the beach. And uh, this is where the chefs can work out some of their stress. Being a chef can be a stressful, stressful kind of lifestyle. And that's at the Four Seasons Hotel. There's a welcome reception at the world-famous Breakers Hotel, Breakers Palm Beach, which is just an amazing place. If you've never been there before, you need to go. Uh, Chef Sims from the Breakers. Jeff Sims will lead his team and produce, I'm sure, amazing food. Here's what happens when chefs get to, together. It's, I repeat, this is not a competition. This is not a comp. Everything's a competition right. for chefs. Right, right. They it's just, a friendly competition. Yeah, pretty friendly oh, okay. competition. Well, they've got <laughs> knives. Uh, well, yeah. We Ev- want to be but careful. Here's the key. Everybody has knives. Okay, I get it. <laughs> so, so every chef wants to outdo the other ones in not a braggy way, but they want the other chefs to look and say, yeah, that's pretty amazing. You mind if I use that next time? Mm-hmm. And so, we share a lot like that. So what if I want to bring the kids along to this, uh, to this event? What's, what's there going on for them? They have a kids' cooking school going on. And uh, uh, Chef Robert Irvine and Lindsay Autry are going to lead that, and they're going to have your children as their mini sous chefs. They do cooking lessons. That's at the Four Seasons Hotel, and it's just amazing to be a little kid, to get inspired, to want to cook. Maybe it's just me, but I just think that's, that's like the best thing in the world because then they're going to think about better food and honing their skills. And wherever they take their lives, if they're doctors or lawyers or engineers or carpenters, whatever, I don't think this hurts anyway. It, it's an expression of something that they enjoy, and they're going to want to do it and be better at it. God bless them. All right. Uh, so that's all going on at, uh, at the uh, Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival, and that's December uh, 11th uh, through, what, the, uh, the 14th. So exactly. That's, that's coming up in just a few days. So make sure you get out and enjoy that. Uh, we're we're going to do uh, – um, so we want to get to the chocolate. So we're going to talk about these, uh, all these other great food events going on. So uh, give us a brief overview on what else is happening. We have green markets everywhere. you got green markets everywhere. If you're not going to the green market, shame on you. Check it out. The, again, the farm to the table, the sustainable, the farmers, all the local farmers bring their stuff to the uh, green market. And it looks like there's one every couple of miles. you got Delray, you got Boca, Palm Beach Outlets, Lake Worth, Wellington, West Palm downtown, 
West Palm Downtown, that's an amazing one. I hate to say it's my favorite. That's my favorite. I helped open it 20 years ago. This year we celebrated the 20th anniversary. I was on the committee the first year. Mm -hmm. So it feels like it's just part of me and it's part of the community. And all those are on Saturdays. And then you have uh, a bunch of them on Sundays as well. So it's nice of these communities to break them up, you know, where they know that some have them on uh, Saturdays, some of them have them on Sundays. So, uh, you know, on uh, Sundays you have the Acreage Green Market, Royal Palm, Palm Beach Garden. So you you definitely want to look up uh, some more details on that. One thing that's my favorite part of this is a lot of these are just local people just like you and I and they do their thing. They raise a little bit of honey or they make a little honey or they make some jams. They make it, they bring it down. A, it's great for the local economy. It's great for their family economy. And it's a great for everybody to get together and uh, for such a nice thing. You go to a football game. I know Joel's a big football guy. Oh, yeah. And you're yelling. That's all cool too. Or you go to a ballet and everything's quiet. But you go downtown, whichever downtown, your neighbors are there. You're sharing something nice. You're eating some of those awesome cider donuts. Do you ever have, the, ever have the cider donuts? Yes. Not a superfood, no. but super delicious. I'll give yes, you that. it is. It it's is. all about moderation. You can have your cider donuts as long as you have kale for dessert. Wait, that doesn't make sense, but <laughs> all good. All right. We're going to come right back here on uh, our brand new show here on WJNO, What's Cooking Palm Beach uh, with the food dude, uh, Chef David Pantone from uh, Lincoln Culinary Institute. So, so happy to have you here. And we're getting to our main course, and that would be chocolate we're gonna do that right after this on what's cooking palm beach is the kitchen your favorite room in the house does a career doing what you love sound appetizing to you lincoln culinary institute a division of lincoln college of technology in west palm beach has your recipe for success in their campus restaurant you can train to turn your passion for cooking into a delicious new career visit lincolnculinary.com for student consumer information and to schedule a campus tour that's lincolnculinary.com visit them today Welcome back once again. What's cooking Palm Beach here on WJNO and our friend, the food dude, Chef Pantone from uh, Lincoln Culinary Institute, the dean over there. And you can reach him at chefpantone.com. I can find his website or what's cooking at chefpantone.com if you'd uh, like to email him. And uh, you just might want to do that because we're getting ready to talk about uh, one of my favorite subjects, chocolate. It's the chef special mm. for our main course. Um, why do they call it food of the gods? That's what the um, the real name means. It's uh, Theobroma cacao. means okay. food of the gods. I didn't make that up. That's like 4,000 years. How cool is that? Hmm. Um, so we're going to go on a quick Chocolate 101 course here, Chocolate Food of the Gods 101. If you went to Lincoln Culinary Institute and you were in the baking and pastry program, you'd have a six-week course on chocolate. We're going to do like the six-minute course on chocolate. Okay. How about that? Just a quick one. So for 4,000 years, chocolate has been a very important part of people's lives uh, in um, the Aztecs and the Olmecs and the Mayans, um, it was used as a currency, right? Really, really important. In those days, they would they didn't have chocolate the way we know it today, so they would grind up the, uh, the beans that come inside of the pods, and they would mix it with hot water and add cinnamon to it and add maybe some honey to it and add some uh, chili peppers to it and some other spices. I saw one recipe had as many as 27 different ingredients. Big Montezuma, right, the king of the Aztecs, would say, oh, this is a legend, I wasn't there, but that <laughs> a soldier, one of his soldiers could travel all day on just one cup of the chocolate. So it had, he believed it had magical powers. I kind of think it has magical powers too, uh, though we, we eat it differently nowadays. So at that time, there was no sugar in America, North or South America, right? It hadn't been introduced yet. So today, farming of chocolate and the chocolate industry is a huge part of um, 
of the economy of many, many different countries, including the United States. The processing, the selling part, the farming is mostly in West Africa. So cacao, the cacao tree grows very well between 20 degrees north and 20 degrees south of the equator. And I think we're at about 27 degrees here in Palm Beach County. So we're a little bit high for it. Mm. Doesn't grow so well. Most of the chocolate's coming from West Africa. Some of it comes from Southeast Asia. Uh, A lot in South America. The South American chocolate industry is really, really popular right now. And uh, they are outshining a lot of the other ones around the world. Little, little um, micro farms coming from Hawaii. So we're proud to have some produced in the United States from Hawaii. Not enough to uh, to really feed even my chocolate taste. Uh, they don't make so much. And, you know, um, uh, chocolates are a superfood? How about that? A food of the gods, and now we know it's a superfood. So, uh, Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> it doesn't fit on my real list of 1,000 superfood points. So a Snickers bar probably wouldn't be in there. <laughs> Not a Snickers bar. Here's the really important thing. Yes, it's really about eating fine chocolate. When I say fine chocolate, it kind of sounds expensive, and I'm not trying to sound like that, but if it's a nickel candy, there's no nickel candy bars, right? If it's a dollar no. candy bar, it's not really the fine stuff. Mm. The, the the candy bars, the Snickers has got so much sugar into it. We'll talk about sugar content in just a few seconds. So much sugar and uh, high fructose corn syrups and everything like that. It takes away all of the goodness. If you're going to eat chocolate, I need you to eat pure chocolate, real chocolate, that's artisan-made chocolate, and it's all available now at your grocery stores. Everybody's on the chocolate binge. You can have uh, you can have the real stuff. If you eat the real stuff, it's good for you, and you don't need to eat so much of it. That's the key. You don't eat the whole one-pound bar. You eat about a one-ounce piece, and that's all you need. You have to, you know, you have to um, live in a little moderation there. All right, so uh, when, you're, when you're building uh, a chocolate, so to speak, or, or making chocolate, and I assume that's what you have here, and we're going to bring some people in and, and taste you it. You just want to hit that chocolate. Yeah, huh? we do. We do. Well, what are some of the things that you need to, uh, to do that? Good. So that's kind of in the production. They, they uh, pick the beans, they dry the beans and ferment the beans, and then those beans get sent from usually West Africa to wherever the chocolate factories are. And that's a lot in the United States. That's a lot in Europe. When you think about Belgium chocolate, French chocolate, Swiss chocolate, American chocolate, the beans didn't really grow in those places, but that's where the, the chocolatiers are, and that's where the chocolate factories are. So that's when they start to make it into chocolate from cacao beans. They roast them, then they grind them, and then they press them, and you come up with a couple different ingredients. Let's call them components. And then the chocolatier puts those back together in different amounts, and that's what why the different chocolates taste and look differently. All right, Chef, we have another call uh, on the line. Uh, perhaps somebody wants to know uh, something about chocolates, uh, 561-844-6167. Hey there, who's this? Uh, this is Samantha. Hey, Samantha. What, you got a question for the chef? Yeah, I was eating a chocolate bar a few days ago, and on the back it said something about conching, and I just wanted to know what that was. That's a great question. Here's what I'm going to tell you first. You must be eating a high-quality chocolate bar to uh, mm-hmm. uh, the word conching on the back. Um, thank you for doing that. I'm impressed. So conching is when they produce the chocolate. They have these giant vats of chocolate. It's pretty amazing. And it has a stirrer on it. So it stirs it very, very slowly. And the idea is that all of the tiny, tiny particles rub against each other to get smaller and smaller and smaller. 
as cocoa butter is added so that the final product will be smoother and smoother and smoother. Now, some low-end chocolates are conched for as, as low as four hours. Some better ones at 24 hours, 72 for many, many years. The best Swiss chocolates were 72 hours, which was pretty amazing. I found a new one that's 86 hours conched. It's in your mouth. It melts so fast. You don't even know it's there. It's just amazing how it coats your palate. Samantha, you keep on eating that chocolate that talks about conching, and you're on the right path. You're eating the good stuff. Thank you for calling. Thank you. So now the chocolatier has to put the different components together. And here's the components. You have the chocolate liqueur, which is just a pure chocolate. You need some extra cocoa butter, so they add cocoa butter back into it to make it palatable. Sometimes there's sugar. We'll talk about that when we do the tasting, the amount of sugar. Milk products, vanilla which is a huge key component, and then other flavors. So we're going to taste a couple different kind of chocolates here, and we'll talk about the components and, and how you can taste them. All right, well, let's take a break and come right back, and uh, let's, let's dig in and, uh, and, and taste this uh, scrumptious-looking and, and smelling chocolate. How, how about that? On What's Cooking Palm Beach? Fantastic. Training in skilled trades like HVAC prepares you for careers that build America. Start now at Lincoln College of Technology. At their West Palm Beach campus, you can gain technical skills and practical knowledge in refrigeration fundamentals, residential climate control, basic electricity, and more. Visit LincolnEDU.com for student consumer information and to schedule a campus tour. Lincoln College of Technology, for careers that build America. Visit LincolnEDU.com today. Welcome back to What's Cooking Palm Beach here on WJNO with the food dude, Chef Pantone from uh, Lincoln Culinary Institute. You hear some giggling in the background. Uh, Mo and Sally are here from our sister station, Cool 105.5. We also have Lynn hanging out. And, uh, you know, you, Chef, you bring a bunch of chocolate into the studio, and that just seems to what happens. You, you get people from... Uh, you guys aren't even here on the weekend, usually. <laughs> no, but you said chocolate you and the chef. Yeah. Well, we talked about kale and chocolates. Like, huh, which one do <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, they we weren't can get here them for to the kale t- section? We're going to have yeah. a 12-step <laughs> kale tasting, okay? <laughs> Psych. So what are they doing? Good. So we have a variety of chocolates here. We talked about the different components in the chocolate. And I want to do a flight. Whenever you do a flight, you start with the most mild first. And that will be our white chocolate. People say white chocolate's not really white chocolate because they heard that somewhere. And guess what? They were they were right until a few years ago. The Food and Drug Administration decided we can call it white chocolate. So the white chocolate is just the cocoa butter and some milk or milk powders and then some sugar, a lot of sugar. This is really – all the chocolate I brought for you is amazing chocolate. It's from Goutard. It's an American chocolate company, one of the oldest in the United States, pretty very, very high quality and the best. So it looks nice and shiny. It snaps. I don't know that you yeah, can hear that. Heard it. You I heard that it. snap? Yeah. How you cool is that? A snap means it was tempered properly, so everything is right about the chocolate. How's it taste to you? Yummy. Smells? Mm-hmm. Very right? sweet, very smooth and creamy, and it seems like it melts real easily. Darn son of a gun. That's all the perfect words you could say. So the cocoa butter, the best thing about the cocoa butter is it melts at a temperature lower than your mouth, lower than your body temperature. So your body thinks, wow, this is pretty amazing. It sends the endorphins going around. Hmm. You put some Crisco shortening in your mouth, not so much. <laughs> Melts at about 118 degrees. If you're that hot, you're dead. Okay, let's move up to the next one is milk chocolate. The biggest difference in this one, it's got cocoa liqueur, chocolate liqueur. So this one is light brown. This is a very high quality one. It's 35%. When you see the percentage, that's what everybody looks at nowadays. That's the amount of cocoa liqueur, the dark bitter chocolate, plus cocoa butter. So this one... Oh, it smells pretty. How's that different flavor? 
It's awesome. All chocolate <laughs> is all awesome. Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> My goal is to wean you to eat the darkest chocolate that you can well, you can stand, then you'll be like me eating bitter chocolate with no sugar. The darker the chocolate, the more cocoa in it, the more cocoa moss in it, the more benefits it has for you. So this is chocolate as a health food, okay? All right. We haven't hit anything healthy yet. Let's move up to the next one. This one is 58%. There's some apples there if you want to cleanse your palate and a little bit of water. Oh, that had a good snap. Yeah, because, yeah, there's there's less sugar, right? The, it's all a balance between the cocoa butter, which is very expensive, the cocoa liqueur, which is very, very expensive, and sugar, which is relatively cheap. So, oh, what oh, a great yeah, snap. Yeah, yeah. Open and pop your eardrums there. A little more crunchy. It's got more cocoa. It doesn't melt as fast, but it melts in your mouth there. Sending those endorphins through your brain. You've fallen in love over there. You guys are already in love. This is my favorite so far. Mm -hmm. I like the darker chocolate. And it has better health benefits for you. It does. Last a little longer on your palate. I'm going to have a little piece of apple here to cleanse it. And the longer it lasts on the palate, the more you taste it. That's something in life. If something goes fast off your palate, you can't taste it so much. So poor food has to go fast on your palate. If you have poor food that's thick and rich and it sits on your palate, it tastes terrible. So for this to sit so long in your palate, it better be pretty good. Yeah. The next one is a 68%. This is uh, nearing the top of the chocolate that you can buy, 68%. So, wow, is that crunchy, huh? Mm-hmm. 68% cocoa butter. And this has very little cocoa butter because it's pretty crunchy, right? It's not soft and silky anymore. But once it starts to melt... Coat your palate, coat your throat. You taste that. Close your eyes. Where, where are you when you close your eyes? What country? All that's missing is the red wine. Oh, that's <laughs> that's the next show. I think in a couple of weeks we have red wines well, and the be benefits. Back. <laughs> that's going to be a three day we'll show. We'll be getting drunk. Yes. <laughs> We're going to start broadcasting at midnight with that show. <laughs> but is that filling up your senses? For me, it goes way up in my olfactory system, up in my sinuses. Makes it feel like it's hunting inside my brain. Makes me feel like I'm in the jungles somewhere in South America. It's just a real natural, and maybe that's just because I watch all those chocolate videos from the chocolate factories. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that dark chocolate stays on your palate so much yeah, longer. Yeah, how about that? Others. It really does. If you get cheap chocolate and tr- try not to swallow, keep it in your mouth, after a little while you're going to say, oh, that tastes like the factory. That tastes like uh, high fructose corn syrup, or that mm. doesn't taste so good. So chocolate as a beneficial health food, yeah, moderation, sure. right? <laughs> Moderation. It's all about moderation. And when you're going to eat it, eat the good stuff. You can get it at the checkout counters now at your local grocery store. It's really making its way. Good, high-quality chocolates making its way in mainstream every day. So you can live without the cheapy candy bar thing. Don't tell the Easter Bunny. Okay. Well, how about the Easter Bunny giving us some great stuff? So that's the fourth chocolate. The last one, I want you to cleanse your palate with a little bit of apple. Okay. It's a nice tart green apple. I put a little smidge of uh, lemon juice on there. Mm, delicious. That should clean all that beautiful fat that's left over on your palate. A little sip of water. And we're ready for the next episode. <laughs> Health benefits of chocolate? Maybe. But the real lesson is if you're going to eat it, eat the good stuff. A little bit of good stuff. It's really expensive. I saw a $32 Chocolate bar. It was about eight ounces. Thirty-two dollars wow. for a chocolate bar. Too rich for wow. my blood, but it was handmade by somebody special, I guess. A little too much for me. 
But um, so I didn't even buy it, to tell you the truth. I don't know if I'd want to eat chocolate that was in somebody's hands at one time anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> they are chocolate artisans. So at the culinary school, we spend six weeks on a class in just in chocolate. Besides eating it and making it, we make these amazing showpieces out of it, chocolate centerpieces. We make chocolate truffles, chocolate candies, all kind of chocolate until you are totally chocolified. How do you not weigh 500 pounds? Yeah. Well, I, my goal, I'm going to say if, see if I can say it this way. My goal is to run every morning. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's my goal. That doesn't happen. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that was great having them in here eating some chocolate. I watched them. I'm trying to abstain, but I probably will not get through the day without having some of this. But, uh, uh, you, you, of course, um, Lincoln Culinary Institute, you guys have more details on that. And you can find out everything at your website, right? Sure. Chefpantone.com. And you have some refs, recipes, too, there? Sure. What's a cooking show without recipes? I've got two chocolate recipes I'm featuring on there. One is a chocolate pot de creme. Sweet, delicious, creamy, amazing. It's my current, my favorite chocolate dessert. And the other one is using chocolate on the savory side of the kitchen. I make a dry rub out of these these different ingredients that make me feel like Aztec. I'm the Aztec king. You rub it on a steak or rub it on pork and roast it or grill it. Crazy amazing. Uses cocoa nibs. All right, and uh, before we wrap up, I know you wanted to do your third course, uh, Food in the News. We just have a couple of minutes here. Good. I have some quick ones. Ready? Big, 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 just out of the American Heart Association. Trans fat consumption linked to diminished memory in working-aged adults, mostly males. You know the trans fats that we've been talking about. They're, they're trying to take them out. It comes from when you take a fat and you hydrogenate it so it lasts longer and it doesn't go rancid. The latest thing is that it's causing memory loss in adult men. They don't have the survey yet for women, but stay away from those trans fats. This is something a little bit disturbing, but it's going to strike home for everybody. Survey from the United States uh, Department of uh, Public Services. This one is where Americans are getting our calories, our most calories. The top six places we're getting our most calories, right? Number five, pizza. Number four, Sweetened beverages. The third most place that Americans are getting their calories, chicken dishes. And really what that means is McNuggets and right. all that. It doesn't mean grandma's roasted chicken. No, the chicken. non-healthy chicken. The non-healthy chickens. Number two, crazy terrible, yeast breads. Number one source most Americans get our calories is from cookies and cakes and desserts. That's backwards. Ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen, I'm sorry to tell you, you're not that special. It's not your birthday every day. You don't shouldn't have cakes and desserts and cookies every day. They're called special treats. They're for special times. Maybe three times a week, you treat yourself to something special. The rest of the time, eat healthy food. You'll live to be 100. All right. Once again, this has been uh, What's Cooking Palm Beach. So great to uh, have you here, Chef Pantone, Dean at the Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm Beach, chefpantone.com. Uh, thanks for joining us in the uh, What's Cooking Kitchen. And uh, join us next time when the Chef's Daily Special will be Three Ancient Herbs, and we're going to do quinoa. Frika and Tef. And if you don't know what they are, you better join us and uh, find out. All right. We appreciate you joining us today for the brand new show, What's Cooking Palm Beach, here on WJNO. You've been listening to What's Cooking Palm Beach with Chef David Pantone, Dean of the Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm Beach. Tune in and find out what's cooking Saturdays from 1 till 2 p.m. on News Radio 1290 WJNO. If you have any questions or ideas on a topic, please email what's cooking at chefpantone.com. That's P A N T O N E.com. What's Cooking Palm Beach, sponsored by Lincoln Culinary Institute, a division of Lincoln College of Technology.